But uh, it does teach us that the Lord never intended the Lord's Prayer to be a set form for all Christians at all times in all places. Now, we come today to what we may call the most difficult part of real Christianity. If you ask any mature Christian, any long-term Christian, any missionary, any servant of God, what is the most difficult part of the Christian life? And they will tell you, maintaining a constant, consistent prayer life. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. We're turning to the Psalm 4 today again for a short devotional just before our main message from God's Word. The Psalm 4 begins with, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. It is the psalm of the prayerful man, waiting on God, seeking his help in any time of trouble. This psalm is very suitable for those who would repose in the evening. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. There is no time in which we are more at risk than when we are sleeping, for then we are a prey to all manner of evil and predators. Sleep, of course, is the joy and the blessedness of everyone with a good conscience. And the psalmist deals with the conscience very much in this psalm. He says in verse 4, Stand in awe and sin not. If we are to have a good conscience toward God, we need a holy life. We need to be conscious and aware of what sin may do and how it grieves God. We need also to commune with our own hearts upon our beds. Be still, the psalmist says. Well, that stillness many people dread, but for the Christian, we want to wait on the Lord and seek his face. In the verse 5, we have confidence in our trusting in the Lord. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Here is the godly man's hope and confidence. He trusts not in riches, he trusts not in the flesh, but in the Lord himself. Then also there is gladness here. Thou hast put gladness in my heart, more than in the time when their corn and their wine increased. And you can think of the farmer, the gardener, when... The bountiful harvest is brought in. What joy of heart is their portion? And we see here that the believer in the Lord Jesus, trusting in God, is given wonderful gladness. Psalm 4 is a great contrast in its beginning and its ending. It begins in trouble and ends in peace and sleep. Prayer does this for the Christian. We are a blessed people when we can take our burdens to the Lord in prayer. And I hope that you can go to God's Word today and find hope and peace with God and that the Lord Jesus himself will minister to your heart. Father, we thank thee for the blessings of our Lord Jesus to our souls. We thank thee for the peace that Jesus gives we thank Thee for the presence. What a friend we have in Jesus. 
all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Lord, in the burdens of life, we pray that you will draw near to your people, that you will comfort each and every heart. The one who is troubled by sin, lead them to the fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. The one that is troubled about the future, give peace and grace. The one that is harried by the devil, feeling the awful power of temptation, O oh God, pour in your spirit, and may the victory of Calvary be the blessedness of your people to lead us into gospel liberty. Father, we pray that you will use us in your service and give us the light of your countenance. O oh Lord, your word tells us, I will lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. And so we put our trust in thee today. We ask for your help, favor, and blessing upon your people. Minister to every heart, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Seasons come and go, summer sun and winter snow. Though the passing years to earth their changes lend, there is one whose love so free for all time will changeless be. Jesus always is the same, true friend. Jesus is my dearest friend every day. Jesus is my dearest friend, come what may. Tongue or pen could never tell how much he loves me. Jesus is my true and dearest friend. Time's swift current onward glides, there is nothing which abides. Through the fleeting years all things must surely end. Friends may fail or faithless be, but there's one who cares for me. Jesus always is the same true friend. Jesus is my dearest friend every day. Jesus is my dearest friend, come what may. Tongue or pen could never tell how much he loves me. Jesus is my true and dearest Right, we're going to turn back to Luke 11, Luke chapter 11, and to this passage, which is Luke's account of the Lord's Prayer. Now, these are two different accounts, by the way. It is not the same setting, not the same situation, 
And uh, it teaches us that the Lord didn't give the Lord's Prayer to be a form that we follow every time we pray. No harm in memorizing it, no harm in praying it occasionally from time to time, no harm in making it a, a model of prayer, but uh, it does teach us that the Lord never intended the Lord's Prayer to be a set form for all Christians at all times in all places. Now we come today to what we may call the most difficult part of real Christianity. If you ask any mature Christian, any long-term Christian, any missionary, any servant of God, what is the most difficult part of the Christian life? And they will tell you, maintaining a constant, consistent prayer life. There lies a real, continual battle. And someone put it this way, that man would rather pay than pray. And I think there would be many people that would be very generous with their good things and their gifts to God's work, but don't spend very much time in prayer. Now, this is a subject that is a whole lot talked about, but very little practiced, especially when so much of what is called prayer is vain repetition. And the Lord Jesus taught against that. He said, don't be like the heathen who use words upon words, and they're empty words, and they're just repeated over and over. And we know that many pray with beads, and they pray with with a chanting system. Some pray with over handkerchiefs and candles and all means to, to think that this is going to give them more power with God in prayer. And then if you were reading the Vancouver Sun yesterday, there was a section there about uh, what is now called praying in mindfulness and how it comes from or similar to Buddhism and how in Western Canada, many, even in so-called Christian churches and Christian preachers and teachers are getting into this form of mindfulness. And if I was following the article aright, it's sort of the art of sitting down, waiting for a thought to come, and then dismissing it, and trying to keep your mind empty. Well, that conflicts with everything that we find here in the Bible. Because the disciples, when they heard the Lord Jesus pray, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And prayer needs to be taught. Now, there are three main things in the Lord's Prayer. There are praying for daily needs. There is praying for daily mercy, and praying for deliverance from daily dangers. That's basically the areas that are covered by the Lord's Prayer. Praying for our daily bread, our daily needs. Praying for daily mercy, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. And then praying against danger, lead us not into temptation. It's been said that the man is rich who knows how to pray over these things. You can pray for your daily needs, pray for daily mercy, and pray that you're delivered from daily danger, how rich you are. What a wonderful life that you can live if you can really lay hold on God and pray over these things. The man who cannot pray those things, no matter what money he has, no matter what a fortress he lives in, no matter uh, how uh, religious he tries to be, he's going to be plagued by guilt and sin. He's a poor man. He is of all 
the poorest. Now, the Lord's Prayer, like the giving of the Ten Commandments, has sort of been given two times. The Ten Commandments that Moses first was given, he came down the mountain and broke them, and they had to be given a second time. And here in the uh, Gospels, we have the Lord's Prayer, this model prayer given for us twice, once in Matthew 6, the Sermon on the Mount, and here when these disciples are listening in to the Lord praying, and they say, Lord, teach us to pray, and he gives them this version, which is somewhat different uh, from what you read in Matthew 6. Now, today we will enter into this school of prayer and trust the Lord to teach us how to pray because I'm sure already you're asking, and if you have the love of the Lord in your soul, that you're saying, Lord, teach me to pray. I don't want to just be an observer. I don't want to be sitting on the fringe. Lord, teach me to pray. And there is no practice in daily life that will more satisfy your soul than to be a man or woman of prayer. If prayer is totally absent or is a, a very, just a little blimp in the day, uh, then uh, there's no real satisfaction. The real way to peace, the real way to enjoy the Lord is to live in communion with Him, to be the branch in the vine, drawing our strength and our gladness and our joy and our victory from our fellowship with the Lord. So today we want to begin where the Lord began, and that is by assuming that we all pray. And you'll notice how the Lord answered the request, teach us to pray. He said, when ye pray, and he assumed that every one of them do pray. And that is the assumption that we should make of every born-again Christian. Every born-again Christian ought to be a man or woman of prayer. The mark of the Apostle Paul's conversion was, Behold, he prayeth. And yet we need to be taught. We need to be taught. Now here we see the power of example. We also have the principle of grace, and we have the passion of persistence. Now, I don't think we'll ever get to the third point because, well, there's too much in point two. And point three, I haven't fully developed yet. So I'm going to make this a two-part sermon and keep the third section for next week uh, on the passion of perse uh, perseverance and how the Lord taught about this woman uh, going to a friend asking for bread at midnight. And no matter what the person, well, I can't, I'm in bed, you're disrupting me. And they just kept asking. And the Lord told us to ask, to seek, to knock. There ought to be this persistence in our praying. But we begin here with the power of example. This all came out of the Lord himself communing with God. Now, the Lord Jesus was God. He was the Son of God, but he was man. And he, in this world, kept up an amazing and a wonderful prayer life. And what a role model, what an example he is to us. And as soon as these disciples listened in, in the prayers of the Lord Jesus, they wanted to learn how to pray too. This was the power of example. I've read about the missionary to India, a man called Prain Hyde, and he was a, a mighty man of prayer. And early in the morning, he would get alone and pray with God. And his servant, he wanted to learn his secret of praying. And so one day, while he 
was leading his uh, master, I suppose in that culture it was, leading Mr. Hyde to the place of prayer, he snuck in and stayed inside the door. And he wanted to listen in to the prayers of John Hyde. What did he hear? Nothing. He was just bowed in silence before God. What a lesson to learn. What an amazing lesson to learn. Praying high didn't just rush into the presence of God and rattle off a list of petitions and run out the door again. He learned a lot by the great example of uh, this man praying Hyde. Praying people also beget praying people. I know of churches where there's no prayer meeting. And most of the people in that congregation, if you talk to them about prayer, it's a very strange thing. And of getting together for prayer is a strange thing. But praying people beget praying people. We become uh, an example to them. Prayer is also a social grace. In, amongst Christians who are born again, brothers, sisters, and of course, there is no closer communion, there's no closer fellowship than praying with certain people. Boy, you get their heart, don't you? You get their heart. You get uh, the real issues that's going on in their lives when you offer to pray with them and when you truly commune with God side by side before the Lord. Now, we learn here that prayer has to be taught. It's a power of example because it has to be taught. And this almost is strange. It's almost like, you know, you have to be taught to talk. But we all learn from others. And we all learn what others have learned. And prayer is not natural. Prayer is a strange business, strange to human nature. It's strange to this world. And it is certainly strange to the unconverted. And every one of us need instruction. We need guidance. We need help when we come to pray. Now, the Lord did not have his disciples uh, pray out of rote. Uh, he didn't write out a form saying, no, you just pray these words. He did not do that. He gave them petitions which they should pray. And he himself uh, taught them to pray in a manner that he didn't pray. The Lord Jesus never prayed certain things in this prayer. He did not pray for the forgiveness of sin. Did not pray that because he never committed sin. But he taught his disciples to pray. They need to be instructed in that area of how they should come and confess their failures, their sins before God and plead with God. Now, this brings up an issue as well, that there are those who profess Christianity and profess Christ, and they say that once you're justified, and justification is an act of God, it happens once, and the blood of Jesus has cleansed you, well, you don't need to pray for forgiveness again. Well, not according to the Lord Jesus, not according to this manner of praying that he gave to these disciples. When a person is justified, of course, their sins are gone. There is absolute, complete forgiveness for all time, past, present, and future. But in our daily walk, 
We need the power of the cleansing blood. And when we turn to 1 John uh, chapter 1, 7, we find there that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us. And there is a daily need of cleansing. And as one of the main prayers of this petition is that we pray for daily mercy. We also need daily forgiveness. That's included in the mercy. We need the power of the blood. That's the only source of mercy. And so we need to learn how to go to the cross, how we need to go to the throne of mercy and plead the cleansing, the washing power of the blood of Jesus. Now, there are many things to learn as we learn to pray. Those who know God best will pray best. If we are ignorant of God, how can we possibly pray? And much of prayer is really about learning to know the Lord our God, getting to know our God. It would be strange for us on earth to have communion with a heavenly father or an earthly father to talk to our dad if we didn't really know him, if we didn't grow up with him, if we didn't uh, know his ways and his manners and his moods, how could we really have a, a filial, childlike relationship with our earthly dad? And likewise, we need to know our God. And the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploit. So much of prayer is getting to know God, the character of God, the nature of God, and the will of God. We, the better we know our Bibles, also the better we will pray. We want to take the truths, the doctrines, the events, the incidents, the lessons of the Bible, and bring them to the Lord in prayer. That's why on a Wednesday evening, we have a, well, what's supposed to be usually a short time in the Word. I, I endeavor to keep it short. I don't want to spend an exhaustive time uh, dealing with dark, deep, heavy things in God's Word and then calling people to pray. No, we want something that will focus our minds, get us into that biblical mindset, and then we're in a position to ask and plead with God on the basis of some of the things that we have learned. So to, to be taught to pray, well, we need to start with our Bible and pray back to God the truths that we learn in his word. And that's how we get to know his will. The more we get to know the great heart of God's grace, the better we will pray. So we need to know the wonderful meaning of grace, the wonderful power of the gospel. And the best praying people in the world are the people who are rejoicing in salvation and in their knowledge of their sins forgiven. Now, the fact that the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, and the Lord did teach them, prayer demands forethought. It really does mean an exercise of the mind. Now, as I mentioned, this whole thing of mindfulness and Buddhist notions of prayer and all this emptying of the mind, the Bible teaches us you can't pray with an empty mind. You cannot pray with an empty mind. We are to even prepare our minds and to come not using vain repetitions, not just out of rote, mindless words, 
but it is to be an engagement of meaningful heart desires as we come to God. Nor are we to pray with mindless, empty, uh, which may well lead to total distractions and foolishness. And uh, thus, you have the request, teach us to pray, teach us to pray. What a prayer that is in itself. Maybe the best prayer for the whole year before us. The best thing you can pray about in the year to come is, Lord, teach me to pray. Make me a man or woman of prayer. Lord, if there's one thing I want to do, I want to know and truly engage in communing with God in prayer. And all of this comes from the power of example. And I would like to think that as you come along to our church, as you come along to our prayer meetings, that you will be guided, helped, and there will be the power of example at work in the prayer meetings, prayer life of God's people in this church, and that we will all seek the Lord and say, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, that brings us to the principle of grace in prayer. Well, we need grace to pray. Pray is not a natural thing. Prayer is not something that comes out of our flesh, something that comes out of a new heart. You'll notice when the Lord Jesus taught these disciples to pray, he said unto them in verse 2, When ye pray, say, Our Father. Well, it takes grace to call the God of heaven your Father. And that's the power of the gospel at work in our hearts whereby we are given the very spirit of adoption. And we who were once strangers, afar off, had no part in God's name, God's family, are now made the heirs and joint heirs with Christ, and we are sons of God. We can cry, Abba, Father. That is grace. That's the operation of grace in their hearts. Now, God as our Father is undoubtedly amazing grace because we were born, the devil was our father. And when we were in our sins and when we were out of Christ, we were following the corruption of uh, Adam and not of the God of heaven. Now, these disciples, they never really prayed in their lives. When they heard the Lord Jesus praying, Whatever prayer life they had preceding this, they realized it was nothing. Lord, teach us to pray. They came to the realization that whatever they had, it was not the real thing. Now, to be effective in prayer, we need that very spirit of adoption. We need the Spirit of God working, striving, graciously dealing with us. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived 
by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music